This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakoven and Nathan Brennan. We are back here on a Tuesday on the Ticket Water Cooler. Thanks for joining us on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Nate Brennan. Nate is fresh off a return from Colorado, his first trip to Colorado, uh, which right. is uh, it's that, this officially helps make you uh, a Nebraskan as well. You have, have to at least go to the most popular uh, vacation destination for Nebraskans which is Colorado. So we'll talk about that here in a second. We also got uh, Brian Munson uh, joining us here of On3 Sports like he does every Tuesday. And we'll preview the Purdue Boilermakers and my, my guy Aiden O'Connell that out there. That is your guy. Uh, as uh, we go through Nebraska's schedule and get you ready for Big Ten Media Days here in exactly a week, I believe, is, is Tuesday is when it will start. Um, so very exciting stuff. And uh, let's get rolling. How about How was Colorado, first of all, Nate? It was good. It was fun. Um, like you said, Buck, that was the first time I'd ever been to Colorado. Spent a couple days in Denver, so that was pretty cool when we got there. We went kind of just downtown, walked around, went to a few bars, stuff like that, and then went to a Rockies game on Sunday. So we there was a pretty cool rooftop bar that we went that was right outside the stadium. So it was a bunch of other Rockies fans, and everyone was just kind of hanging out. And it was pretty fun. It was it was a good time. It was one of those things, though. It went by so quickly. I can see how people, if they're going there, would legitimately vacation and go like a week. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like there were so many things that we could have seen, and we just didn't because it was just in a, it was a weekend. So we were there right. just Saturday, Sunday. So we really weren't there too long. And Saturday, we got there midday. So we went to, um, damn, what's it called? Uh, Sam's number three. So it, okay. it was featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Okay. And I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff. I love Guy Fieri. I love, like, being able to be like, oh, like, Guy Fieri got this. I'm going to get it, too. So it was a cheeseburger smothered in chili. So it was like a chili cheeseburger. It was one of the best things that you I liked ever ate. It? It was, oh, it was are so you gonna good. are you gonna oh start making gosh. chili cheeseburgers? I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're gonna leave that to the experts. But it was packed and it was a lot of fun. They even had, like, outside, it was a painting of said, featured on Diners, Drivers, and Dives. I'm going to have to watch the episode now. Yeah. And see. And it looked like it was something that I got. They had little marks on the menu of what he got when he went there, which, I mean, that makes perfect sense because that's probably the appeal of why a lot of people go there. But it was cool, man. It was uh, it was, it was was very interesting. I will say, though, the terrain, when you first get into Colorado, is incredibly fascinating. Like, it's not flat, but it's not really mountains yet. It's not a desert. But it's pretty like open, and there's not really many plants. It was very, it was very fascinating. I don't even know, maybe like a prairie. How was, I don't know how I would describe how it. How was the trek across western Nebraska? Did, did you enjoy it? It was, Long. it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It time. was, oh my god! Like it was one of the, and I started to lose cell reception too. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, oh, uh, it just kept going on and on and on. It's funny too, because though it, it like. There's nothing to look at for five hours or whatever it takes to get across Nebraska. And I feel like this is the same way once you get into Iowa. It's like once you get into Iowa, 
It's just like hills everywhere. You're like, there's no hills. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's the and the same thing in Colorado. Once you get past Colorado, it's like mm-hmm. there's scenery everywhere. Why did we divide the line right here? Can't we have a little bit? <laughs> Give us some of it. Well, it was interesting because, yeah, everyone talks about the sand hills, and I, I don't think I went too much into the sand yeah. hills on your I think you kind of get a view. But I didn't really see that many hills. Yeah. So I, I don't know if, like, just a little, like, bump in the ground. I mean, is it the sand? I, I, I just don't really know. Also, Axel that is crazy. It's Fieri. Fieri. Oh, yeah. Fieri. I, I don't know how to. It's guy. Because it's, yeah. <laughs> I like guy. And then Kelsey says that we call it the grassland prairie. That sounds about right. Again, I it was it was it was very interesting, and I didn't know how to describe it. And I also didn't realize that there's a lot of nothing in Colorado. What do you mean? Like there, I, I assumed that it would be kind of very suburban. There'd be a lot of mm. things out there. I thought like right when I get into Colorado, be okay, we're gonna be right in the mountains. The It'll be everywhere. Oh, city. It was kind of a whole lot of nothing until yeah. you get into Denver. I guess right outside of Denver is what Aurora. Um, so there's a couple counties and some developments outside of Denver. But it was kind of a lot of nothing, and there was corn in Denver. So now, <laughs> now we can say Denver has, or not Denver, uh, Colorado has corn too. So yeah. we can say Colorado has bad corn. I didn't know the corn expansion went that far. West. I didn't know that either. That's the first time hearing it. It was right when you get into Colorado. They had corn. They had <laughs> cool. bad corn, but they had some corn. I don't know what I does. Nebraska's environment and weather make it better to grow here. Like what is the actual concept what actually makes it behind? Better, what, yeah, what yeah. makes it better? Is it the is it the weather? I would the assume it be the uh, <laughs> the ground. I I don't know. I was gonna say the corn fed beef. <laughs> that's, that's what is makes that right? our beef better. Uh, what's uh? Did you? How many gummies did you eat? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. <laughs> well, you said it went by in a blur. That's usually no, the no. reason why. I no. I, we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know no, no, no. Yeah, we yeah. we were there for the scenery we were there for the people well, yeah, we yeah. weren't there no i, I didn't Relax, do any of that chill out yeah see we, some scenery. <laughs> just hanging out yeah we don't know out. no we're not that's not what we did that's why you go to colorado <laughs> that's supposedly why some people no, go to kidding. colorado yeah i mean yeah there's a but lot no i i really wanted to go more than anything it was just for the mountains because again that's oh, yeah. kind of what i have known the past Five years or whatever when I was in school because Blacksburg is sandwiched. Uh, Nebraska is going to go nine and three. Shout out Dusty. Uh, ne- <laughs> Blacksburg is sandwiched right in the middle of the mountains. So I was just used to. I mean, you wake up and you see mountains everywhere, and now I get to Nebraska and it's so flat. But then I mean, Colorado. I mean, it was it was weird. It was a stretch where you're just going straight, and all of a sudden you see the mountains in the background, and you have the snow caps on the top of the mountains. Oh, yeah. It was it was super cool, and I still don't understand. This is where you kind of find out like. When it comes to geography, weather, all of that, I don't understand. How can it be basically 100 degrees on Sunday we went to the game and there's snow on top of the mountains? <laughs> How that works, I have no idea. Because the altitude, obviously, it's going to be higher, so it's going to be colder. Is it really that much higher? Yeah, this is one of those questions that, that your kid asks you and you just <laughs> uh, try to bumble through it and make it make sense. And this was just a thought that I had while I was driving through Colorado that there was so much just bare land. I had this question, and I asked my girlfriend, I'll ask you, Bach, do you think a human being has touched with their feet every inch of the earth? No. like it, That's what I yeah, said. No. And she was like, I bet you that they, that they have. Because we looked at stretches where it was just bare nothing. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way that someone has touched foot on every... And then I want to be the guy to be like, I'm the first person to ever touch this. But I guess you'd never really know. Yeah. Plant a flag. Well, there's certainly like, Spots in the ocean that people haven't touched. 
But as far as like well, the dry ocean land. supposedly the ocean is like ninety percent unexplored. Yeah, like we know more about space than the ocean, which I don't even want to think about that because that's just <laughs> weird. I don't, I don't like that at all. I don't know how much I buy into space. Of course, space was uh, was big the, the other day. I don't remember what they found a galaxy or something, but they had that picture. I'm just like I. I still don't think you guys know whether there's aliens <laughs> out there. I don't think you're experts at space. No, when you're because you've never been been to the moon. Yeah, when, one moon. Have we been <laughs> to the moon? There's a lot of moons. Yeah, have, have we, we even been, to, been to the moon? <laughs> have we? That again. I don't want to get into all the conspiracy theories and all that. But Satellites are pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that okay. We we've, <laughs> we've surfaced on the moon. Has a human being been on the moon? That's up for interpretation. You choose whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what you yeah. can and can't believe, but I know we've we've touched surface on the moon and Mars, but now the, the the ocean was weird. So no, we haven't touched all the ocean, but land, I don't think so either. And I get the race to the moon was competitive between the you know the Soviets and, and uh, America, but I, I always find it funny that we landed on the moon and we're like, this is ours. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> you can't claim the moon. Just claiming the moon. <laughs> That's the planet's it's moon. Pretty cool though. It's one country that is can't very have the moon. Nah, America, Bob. Come on. <laughs> well, if they did, yes. I, wish, I wish. I either wish that they. I don't wish that they didn't do it. I understand. Again, I just find it funny. But I, what I really wish is that we had fifty stars and one moon on our flag. And we're like, yeah, that's our moon. <laughs> Paint it. I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Texter says we have more nutrients, better soil for corn and beans. I believe that Nebraska, baby. That's the thing too. Is I learned here too. This just shows you how little I knew about agriculture before I came here. But now I like to think that I'm an expert because I can decipher between the the soybeans and the corn. At first, oh, yeah. I was like, what's the little corn? <laughs> nice. Soybeans. Uh, TMZ2 off YouTube says, uh, nothing to see on I-80 because they try to build roads on flat ground. And, yes, we have some of that, but get off I-80 uh, and, you know, you'll probably see a little bit more. And that's true. I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't uh, explored too much out there out in western nebraska outside of uh i haven't either yeah have you been out to western nebraska yeah i think it's ogallala is the the lake we passed by ogallala yeah yeah That's it's um he's got a cabin out there what's the there lake it's it's like uh mcconaughey mcconaughey yeah, Mc yeah, yeah. is that like mcconaughey yeah, is that what yeah. it is yeah see i know my nebraska yeah, geography give me some credit um but that was the thing we we took the same road the entire way there i guess it was i-80 yeah. you could take it the entire way right. down yeah but i will say if you guys have been to denver and haven't had denver biscuit company best biscuits i've ever had in my life <laughs> i i swear to you we went there monday morning before we left for brunch and it was the best biscuit i've ever had in my life i don't know what they're doing out there in denver and it's cool because it was an airport that they shut down and built into a mall and that's where the biscuit company is. And it's in Aurora. It's right outside of Denver. Best biscuit I've ever had in my life. It'll blow your mind. I'm telling you. I should have brought you some back, Bob. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what uh, what competes with the best biscuit that I've had other than that. But uh, You like biscuits? Um, <laughs> you like biscuits? Yeah, this no, would no. blow your mind. I'm telling you. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, let's get into uh, to this, uh, this talk because we do have uh, somebody on Facebook already argue with my point here that you know I, I just think it's kind of funny because uh, we went to this Husker event of course you know Tavern 180 and uh, you know, you know 93.7 the ticket and uh, Sean Callen all put on it was it was great it was a lot of fun last night but it was kind of funny because um, <laughs> the Kool-Aid is flowing uh, <laughs> rightfully so yeah um, Rico is up to I think three wins now Uh that's how much it changes. So he's at what, mind. eight and four? He's at eight and four. Nick now thinks Shoot. that Nebraska's gonna win the Big Ten West. 
Um, I want to make it very clear, though, before we get into this, and I'm excited to hear about the event. I obviously wasn't able to make it. But I was the first to the 9-3 and three train. So right. I know everyone's hopping on now. Listen, I've been saying it since March 1st when we made our predictions, and I just want to make sure that it's very, very clear that I'm credited for being the first to the party, me and Vershawn, I guess. But Vershawn's insane, like 11-1. and one. So I, <laughs> we need to take what he says with a grain of salt. But I've said 9-3 and three since March 1st. We have it on the board. That is true. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you – you know, I don't know how you know you kind of arrived at that number. If it was uh, kind of a breakdown of the schedule, or you know, just a combination of all things. But I don't know if you're aware how um, nine wins pretty much is the standard at Nebraska. Uh, of course, everybody knows about Bo Pelini uh, and and how he always had nine or ten wins. And then you can argue about why he was fired out outside of that. But that was rather impressive. Um, but the real nine win standard, of course, w- was you know, brought to Nebraska. And part of the reason why Nebraska has the best fan base is because they were always winning uh, under Tom Osborne. So from 1969 to 2001, they had 33 straight nine-win seasons. Uh, Keep in mind, Purdue had their first nine-win season last year since 2003. Iowa State has three nine-win seasons since 1892. So, I mean, mean, this is is rather impressive. And, And one of the reasons why Tom Osborne... Um, you know, his national title total of, of three is, is really solid, and but there's other guys kind of in that conversation. But when you talk about the greatest coaches of all time, one, the obstacle of playing in Nebraska, doing it in Nebraska has to be considered, and that's usually why he's in, uh, you know, kind of the, the if you do a Mount Rushmore, kind of that fourth mm-hmm. guy uh, in a lot of people's list. But the other part is just consistently winning nine games year in and year out. Uh, so 33 th- straight seasons, that included a little bit of Bob Devaney, of course. He won some titles on his way out as well. Um, and Frank Solage up until his 7-7 seven and seven season in 2002. Um, the year's under nine wins that we can count uh, – that you know that that we can count since then, I suppose. Uh, Frank Solage had that one, that seven and seven season. Bill Callahan had two, but even Bill Callahan, like one of his seasons, they only played twelve games. They went eight and four and finished in the top twenty-five. That's that's probably a pretty standard uh, nine-win type of season. They yeah. just they didn't they played eleven games in a bowl game. Uh, Mike Riley, of course, had two seasons under nine wins, and Scott Frost has had all four. So. Since 1969, you've had nine seasons without nine wins. And four of those are Scott Frost, five without him. So if they don't win nine wins this year, and we'd all be pretty happy if they went, they won eight. But if they don't win nine wins this year, Scott Frost will have matched that total of five seasons that the rest of the coaches have had um, without nine wins. So that's kind of what's on the line for Frost. Well, let me ask you this, though, Bach, which I, that's very fascinating. I didn't think about nine wins being the standard, but it sure sounds like it is. And it's not like – I want to I want to clarify this, too, because somebody off the text line said, um, you're right, nine wins was the standard. Now it's three or four wins, which is really sad. They should have never fired Frank Solage. I, I, I'm not trying to say, like – I will only be happy with nine wins. I'm saying, like, historically, I think nine wins very much, like, stands out as the standard. But I think that the coaches have something to do with it, that string of success. Oh, yeah. And I would also say the positioning of where these coaches entered the program. I mean, obviously Tom Osborne had a well-oiled machine, and and, and whoever directly follows is going to kind of pick up where he left off. Let's not act like Mike Riley was was churning out nine win seasons no. when he passed it along to Frost. Like I think that there's there's something to be said for that, but 
how long would you say is the leash for Scott Frost to get to that nine? Because I think it when you, when you put it in that term, I think Husker fans are too aware enough or self-aware enough that this probably isn't a national championship winning program. It could happen. Crazier right things now, have yeah. happened. But, I mean, that, that takes time. It's a process. And we've mentioned it extensively. Since that 95 championship, the only team outside of the historically – American South, the United States, the southern portion of the United States, is Ohio State yeah, and USC, and USC yeah. for those two years. Outside of that, it's always predominantly been southern schools. So with putting that into consideration, too, we're a long way away. Nine wins doesn't seem too unreasonable. Seriously, if Iowa and Wisconsin get to nine wins, there's no reason Nebraska can't. How long do you give Scott Frost? Because that's the thing is, if you're consistently getting eight wins with the current state of the program, I don't think you can just dump him. Yeah, I mean, if I think if you had like, like, like if, three if went, straight eight-win seasons, like you're not going to get rid of him. I think you might on the third. Um, I, I think if you're, uh, what would it be then? Like year seven and you haven't had a nine-win season? I mean, you'd have to be like looking really good. I mean, at some point, that is that's where this discussion kind of takes you too, right? Is because I've met fans that are kind of living in the moment, right? Are more of you've had one nine win season since you fired Pelini, so that's fourteen percent of your seasons. So is nine wins really the standard? And then I have other fans that would go with the other stat um, that before Frost you had. 43 out of 50 there. That's 81% of your season. That's insane. Um, since the last That's a string seasons. of success and that's, right there. That's what's crazy. Um, but again, it, it just kind of changes. And I don't know how each individual Nebraska fan, I don't know how the fan base as a whole, uh, how it reflects, but each individual Nebraska fan, it's kind of interesting to go, uh, go along those lines because you mentioned, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to say this isn't that same program. No. But I'm telling you, when I started at this station 10 years ago, I had a co-host that said basically his mom could win six games at Nebraska. Um, and <laughs> not with last year's schedule. Well, not with last year's schedule. <laughs> but, I mean, that was that's kind of the idea. And I know Sipple hates it because uh, we've had multiple hosts that says it should be easy to get to eight, nine wins at Nebraska with everything I don't know about easy. that's kind of in, – in, but, I mean, that's what that was what the feeling was mm-hmm. pre-Mike Riley, pre, uh, uh, pre-Frost, obviously, because at that point you only had – one old, like very, I guess you had two like really bad seasons under Callahan and one 500 season under Solage. And then <laughs> again, go back to 1969. Since then you had nine win seasons left and right every time. So it, it's just kind of interesting if fans, cause I, I've met some fans too that say, I don't, I understand what's happening. I understand the struggle, but I want to fight for Nebraska to stay in that rarefied air, to stay in that, uh, the type of team that will, want nine wins, the type of team that expects and demands excellence in, 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 in really, I mean, you understand a seven and five season if it was like last year, but more often than not, you want to, to win at least nine games. And that's, that's kind of how you uh, compare competitiveness. I, I, I looked at the other day, like a, we're going to preview uh, Purdue here in a little bit. They had a coach, Danny Hope, that I didn't really think should be fired around like 2012, 2013. I can't remember exactly what year it was. But he went seven and six the year before he got fired, and six and six in his fourth year, <laughs> the, the year uh, that he did get fired. And so overall, obviously, he had a better record than Scott Frost had at this point. And now Frost is in year five 
and there's arguments about whether six and six should save him there. If that's the case, you got to admit that your standards are lower than what Purdue's at least were. But do you want your standards to drop because you got a guy you like? But that's the thing. It, it's counter argument to that is that Scott Frost obviously not meeting expectations. If Scott Frost wasn't the quarterback for a national championship winning team, he would be out the door right now. Oh yeah, I, I think we everyone can agree with that. Nebraska fan, not a Nebraska fan. Anyone can agree to that. That That's just kind of the reality of the situation. I'm not saying that should buy him more time, but I think you have that in the back of your mind, right? I mean, at least it has to be in the it back of your mind. Time. It has to be in the back of your mind. Okay, the last time this program had nationally recognized national championship type success was when this guy was playing quarterback. And, and, I, and it's crazy that that's ultimately what's saving his job, but it has to go in the back of your mind, right? And and you always say Nebraska fans live in the 90s. Rightfully so. When was the last time that Nebraska was a national brand competing for national championships? In the 90s. Early 2000s. You Don't you take away those early 2000s. <laughs> Don't take away those two You know years what we want to bring back, Bach? The 90s. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with it. I, I'm fine with it. Keep him around. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how how, Keep this, it going. how this goes, but I, I think it's just kind of interesting as we view it. And that's kind of where I ultimately came up, came up with my own decision was like seven wins I think keeps his job. Eight wins I think is, you know, you're relatively happy. Nine wins, you're back on track. You're, you're back like, on you're, track. You're, right, you're yes. right into like, okay, now I buy into this program. Here it comes. Nine and, and three. That's coincidentally, where you uh, predicted nine right and three. Right there, so. Bach. There it is. Uh, and I'm thinking about moving. I'm, I'm drinking some Kool-Aid, too. I know yes. Nick and Rico moved their records up. I'm close. I, may, I maybe need a, another shot of Kool-Aid. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Maybe we'll get that shot of Kool-Aid. Maybe we won't. From Brian Munson of On3. Coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket.